0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to C3SanDiego.com. Well, as Pastor Drew said, we're in our family-ish series. And I'm excited for this because, you know, uh, we all have families. We all have relationships. And usually I find that the issues that we have in our families are the determiner of whether we're enjoying life or not. And so at church, we care about people. And so when I was putting this message together, I was thinking, what can I bring that is gonna help people have a life that not only glorifies God, but blesses them and those around them. God wants you to enjoy your life. If you've been to church and people have preached anything outside of the fact that God wants to enjoy your life, then you've been listening to a false doctrine. Jesus said in John ten ten, it's the thief, the devil who has come To steal, kill, and destroy, but I, Jesus talking about himself, have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So that's the will of God for you today. So I have a couple of hats and a couple of assignments today. I am first and foremost pastor. It is my greatest privilege and honor and joy to be a pastor and a shepherd over God's people. I take it with, with great weight. And um, a real sober mind. And so today I come and I speak to you as a pastor. I'm also Bible teacher. So I'm bringing some words and some revelation from the Word of God today that I believe are going to illuminate maybe some of the dark and shadowy places in your life. I'm also prophet. So today I'm going to prophesy a word and we're going to live under the covering of the words of the Lord that He spoke many eons ago to other men and women of God and they are gonna become the ceiling which we live under. Maybe you've had other words spoken over you in your lifetime. I wanna say to you today, we're gonna speak life over you. We're gonna speak the Word of the Lord over you. We're gonna teach you that all things can be possible. We're gonna teach you that no matter how you walked into this place, things can be better than they've been when you surrender your life to God. So that's, that's the start, that's just, I just wanna start there. But here's what I want you to do, I just want you to lift your hands to the Lord and I wanna pray. Because today I'm bringing a word and if you don't filter it correctly, the enemy could use it to bring condemnation. And that is not the intent of this message. The intent of this message is to bring the Word of the Lord to illuminate the dark places in your life. And God never gives us a word to condemn us. He gives us a word to liberate us. God wants so much for you. He wants you to enjoy your life, enjoy your marriage, whether it be a future marriage if you're single today or the one you're with today. Father, I thank you right now for these beautiful people. God, let me bring the Word in love. Just as 1 Corinthians 13 says... Not a word that leaves people with a bad taste in their mouth, but Father, truth born from the womb of love today. God, let it hit every part of these people's lives that it needs to hit. Father, let it receive it with joy and understand if they see themselves and their weaknesses today, that they need not despair. Father, because in our weakness, your strength is made perfect. Your strength comes and holds us up when we're too weary to stand on our own. Father, I thank you that you're here and you're speaking through your servant today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, turn to the person next to you, give them a smile, it's a bit too quiet in here. I'm Australian we like it a bit noisy and robust. okay so so we're in our family-ish series and, and I was thinking about what I wanted to bring and I couldn't help but come back to the marriage relationship. So so if you look at our society when the enemy has attacked the marriage he's able he's been able to attack the very fabric of our society. So goes the marriage. So goes society. So goes the husband, the wife. So goes the family. So goes the family. So goes the city. So I want to start at the beginning in Genesis 2, the first thing that God said and spoke over the man and the woman. You ready? Yes. All right, Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse number 18, it says this The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. That's an interesting statement right there. So God looks down at man that He created and He's like, oh, oh, oh dear. Um, It's not good for man to be alone. But God doesn't just point out a problem, He always brings a solution. So then He says, I will make a helper suitable for him. Now women, this is where you give yourselves a high five and go whoop whoop because you're the answer to man's problem right there. And it says that then the Lord brought all the wild animals and had Adam name them. But for Adam, there was no suitable helper found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. Interesting. He didn't actually need man's help to create Eve. He's like, Adam, I'm going to put you in a coma for a minute. And, and then when you wake up, I'm going to present to you the solution to all the problems that ail you. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with the flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of the man. That is why a man leaves. Somebody say leaves. Leaves. A man leaves, and we're going to get that to that later because some of you men haven't left. That is why a man leaves his father and mother, and sometimes it's not so much to do with the man, more to do with the mother who won't let the man leave, who won't let the boy become a man, the boy become a husband. So we'll get to that. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united, somebody say united, to his wife, and they become one flesh. The title of my message to get today is the state of the union. Now, I want to. What would you answer this question in your heads, just so we don't have chaos? If I asked you what was the state of your marriage union, because if I were the devil and I looked at this scripture and I saw God from the very beginning bring man and woman together and orchestrate it so they would be the coat hanger on which the fabric of society would hang, I would do everything in my power, my darndest, to tear that thing apart, to sever what God has brought together. And when you look at our world today, just as Pastor Drew said, 60% of marriages ending in divorce. That's the bad news. But the good news is we can do something about it. We're the solution to the problems of the world. We are the light of the world, the Bible says. And I said to the Lord, okay, what is, the, what is the major problem? Because it's easy to look at the symptoms. But what is the problem? Why, why are so many marriages ending in divorce? And I felt the Lord say to me, it's because of a lack of honor. Sometimes the solution to the problem isn't as complex as we think it really is. And so the issue here today is that we've got a war of the sexes. We've got men who don't honour women, and we've got women who don't honour men, and we've got children who don't honour their parents. And therein the enemy has a foothold to be able to sever what God said, let no man separate. But I'm bringing a word today that I believe is a prophetic word to our church and even the world, that God is going to bring together what He divinely orchestrated in the beginning to be the structure that the fabric of our society would hang on, and that is the union of the marriage relationship. Can somebody say amen? So I'm going to put on my pastor teacher hat today, and I want to speak directly to the men and then the women. Now, if you're not married in this house today, it's okay. We're gonna prepare you ahead of time. It's not a bad thing to sow seed today for the harvest you wanna walk into tomorrow. So don't zone out, don't go on Candy Crush. We're gonna learn some amazing life skills that are gonna help you in the future. Can someone say amen? Amen. Okay, you ready men? I'm gonna start with you. I, I need a bigger, yeah, I need like a grunt, like a Tim the Tool Man, Taylor grunt wonderful. You, you did better than the 10 o'clock service. Well done. So we'll start in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33. It says this, however, each man among you, without exception, that means none of you guys get a pass, is to love his wife as his very own self. How much do you love yourselves, men? Yeah, good. I'm glad you love yourselves a lot because with the measure you love yourself, you're able to love your spouse with behaviour worthy of respect and esteem. Always seeking the best for her with an attitude of loving kindness. Isn't this beautiful? So we're living in an era now because of the breakdown of marriage that we're seeing that women are having to step up in a role and a position that, that was actually not theirs to occupy because of the breakdown of marriage and because of a culture out there that has said, men have pleasure without responsibility, men have lost their authority and women have had to stand up and occupy positions that they weren't meant to carry. So just recently, I was at my son's football game and they did a celebration of the seniors and the parents were there to stand with their kids as they were honoured for four years of high school football. And I was astounded to see how many kids were there with a mother, but no daddy. And the woman had had to become everything. She'd had to put on that superhero cape and she'd had to become provider. She'd had to become protector. She'd had to become football mom. She'd had to have those awkward conversations about puberty that no teenage boy ever wants to have with his mom. But she's forced in this position because of of an abdication because of the renting of a union that God brought together to be the fabric of our society. And so as women have possessed this role that wasn't theirs to carry because some men have stepped aside from their responsibility, they've become mean. And then this cycle has continued because, you know, women, men aren't honouring women and then women don't honour men. And then we end up with this chaos that we're currently living in. But God wants to restore this honour. So we're seeing that also because of this, women have become objectified we're, we're living in a culture where pornography is rampant. Now it used to be back in the day, 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 that uh, you know, pornography was a lot harder to find. I remember having a conversation with a friend, a male friend who's in his, in his late 50s. And he said, you know, back in my day, he said, we heard a rumour that there was maybe a Playboy magazine under a bridge near a rock two miles away. And so all the neighbourhood boys went on a little, little adventure to try to find it, right? But nowadays, all you have to do is click on your computer screen. And there, there it is. And I'm telling you, it is a snare and a vice that has destroyed so many lives across the earth. Not just this nation, but the nations of the earth. But God is wanting to restore honour. And it starts with the men. Listen, men, if you wanna be the head of your households, it's time for you to assume that position of leadership and authority again. Now, some of you may be here today and you may be feeling condemnation because you haven't done things rightly in the past. Listen, That's why the Bible says God's mercy is new every morning. Your yesterday is gone, it's finished. God does not even remember it. You need to understand that God's mercy is fresh for you today to do things right as you step into your future. So don't view this through the eyes of condemnation, but through the eyes of grace. It's time to be men of honour again. So I wanna tell you though, men, what it does to the psyche of a woman when you look at another woman the way that you should only be looking at your wife. It is such a dagger to her heart. It reinforces everything bad that she tells herself in her most broken moments. You're not enough. You're not good enough. You're not sexy enough. He doesn't find you attractive. If only you lost weight. If only you didn't have... Blonde hair and you had brown hair, if only you were tall and not short, if only you were a size two instead of a size 12, if only, if only, if only. And they're trying to fix things that can't be fixed because of a culture that has been able to permeate our society because we just haven't honored each other. You know, back in the day, in the 1700s, marriage vows used to contain this phrase it was the man speaking to the woman, with my body I thee worship. Now I'm not talking about idolatry here. I'm talking about a consecration from a man to a woman that I am only gonna love, I am only gonna be attracted to, I am only gonna let my eyes look upon, I am only gonna give myself sexually to you, not just in body, but in mind also. Jesus said in the book of Matthew, even if you look upon a woman to lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. And you might say today, well, that's a really difficult thing for me to do, to be chaste and to be devoted to one woman in my mind. It's possible. God never asked us to do anything that He hasn't already empowered us to do. When the Holy Spirit walked into your life, what He did when He came in was He came with a fruit basket. One of those fruit baskets, one of those fruits was self-control. And when you feel like you don't got it, oh, this is hard because I've had this past and I had this bent, you call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus, I wanna be devoted to the wife of my youth. I wanna only give myself to her. I only wanna look at her. She's the only one I wanna be devoted to. I'm telling you today, when we grab a hold of the Word of God and plant it deep within the soil of our heart and walk in the ways of the Lord, Things that are broken can be restored and redeemed again. Men, you can do it. Through God's strength, you can do it. Don't let the devil sell you a whammy like you're just a slave to your vices. No, you're not. You're not a slave to sin anymore. You're a free person. You're free to make choices, to be faithful and have fidelity and to look at your wife and love her and love her through every season. Man, I look at some of the collateral of what women have had to go through, even in this city. I mean, half the plastic surgery, oh dear God. (laughs) And a lot of it comes from the place of just that spirit I was talking about before, a reinforcement from the men in the world, her world, that, that she's not enough. That she has to slice and dice herself and inject herself with all kinds of things to stay desirable and attractive. You know, that's why the Bible says, let the, the breasts of your wife's youth satisfy you. Now, I'm not trying to be crude today, but maybe when she gets older and they're a little less robust and a little more saggy, they've, they have fed a few kids. Just think about what they looked like when she was youthful. That's <laughs> your mind. You don't need to think about another woman. Just think about her when she was 25. There you go. That'll sort you. Let the breasts of your wife's youth satisfy you. And see what happens, the downward spiral when that spirit of dishonour is able to live in the objectification of women, women who crave men's attention and affection. And God set it up in the beginning, your desire will be for your husband. She will make all kinds of compromises to be wanted by you. And we see women who have thrown all their dignity out the window. Will you just want me? wearing clothes that they shouldn't be wearing, going to places that they shouldn't be going, doing things that they never really wanted to do to get the love of a man who has broken himself. Can we restore honour again in our relationships? Man, you can do it. It is time to lead again. The very fabric of our society and our community depends on your ability to step up and take your rightful place in this state of the marriage union. Amen, Leanne. Proverbs chapter 5. I know, I know this, is, this is some meat today and not some milk, but you're good for it. Yeah. <gasps> Proverbs 5 says this. Listen carefully to my wise counsel. Then you will show discernment. This is someone talking to their son. And your lips will express what you've learned. For the lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is as bitter as poison, as dangerous as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave for she cares nothing about the path to life. She staggers down a crooked trail and doesn't realise it. So now my sons, listen to me. Never stray from what I am about to say. Stay away from her. Now, we could apply this to modern day. Stay away from that pornography site. Stay away from logging onto your computer when you know that you'll be tempted and you're in that room by yourself and maybe nobody will know. Make a covenant with yourself and with the Lord, just like Joseph did. How could I do this great wickedness and sin against God? We've got to make the right decisions in these moments. Don't go near the door of her house. If you do, look at this, you will lose your honour. And haven't we seen this played out over and over and over again in our world? Men who have lost their honour because of their vices. And again, I don't want to condemn you today, but I do want to say there is a better pathway for you men and you are worth more than the objectification of women and also bringing yourself down into a place that you were never meant to live in. Don't go near the door of her house. If you do, you will lose your honour. And will lose to merciless people all you have achieved. Strangers will consume your wealth, and someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. And again, isn't this a classic scene we've played out time and time again? When men don't take their rightful place in the state of the marriage union, things start to get really complicated. So we're living in an era now where some men, not all men, some men have bought a lie. Well, why buy the cow if you can milk it? Why would I buy the cow if I can just milk it? So here's the problem. The Bible tells us in the book of Galatians, whatever a person sows, that they shall also reap. So if you sow dishonour, you reap dishonour. So the fact that men have dishonoured women by not properly paying the full price for them, a covenant, a bond, forsaking all others, I choose you, I am solely devoted to you, but instead taking from them what is not theirs to have, using them, we found that now what has happened is that the cow is milking them. (laughs) She's taken the kids, she's taken the money, she's taken the respect, and she's got the authority too. And you wonder, where did my pants go? She's wearing them. She's wearing them along with your reputation while she's raising the babies that you sowed but now no longer support. So it's, it's a great grief to me and it must also be to the Father heart of God when men, and again, please don't view this through, through the eyes of condemnation, but I, I wanna say it because someone needs to say it. If you've had a baby with somebody and you're not supporting them, that's a problem. You, you need to make it right today. You need to do whatever you can to not only be present financially to support that child, regardless of whether you're married to their mother or even like their mother. And you also need to be present to not just financially support, but support. Support. When you look at the damage that fatherless homes has done to our society, we can't deny that the, the rise in homosexuality and gender dysphoria and, and identity issues and promiscuity amongst young girls and young men is directly res- related to the fact that we're, we're, we've got fatherless homes. Malachi prophesied because God always brings a solution and he always brings a prophetic word to set things right again. He said, In the last days, I will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the children to their fathers. I believe this is the word of the Lord to us today. Even though it was spoken by Malachi a long time ago, this is the word of the Lord to us today. So if you're out there and you got a baby, take care of that baby. Those babies need you. Otherwise, they're going to grow up angry. And many of them will repeat the same cycle that you started. It's time to make things right again, my friends. We're going to be responsible stewards. Men, you can do it. And the Lord will honour your good works. Well, I don't think I can afford it. I've got this other family over here. I can't afford to pay for my kid that I had when I was 18. Yeah, you can. Where there's a will, there's a way. God will make it so you are able to have seed to give to every single thing. When you devote yourself to doing what's right, don't let the enemy lie to you. Do what's right. Men, you've given your authority away because you didn't want responsibility and it has cost you. And maybe you were one of those people that drove around San Diego in your black BMW with the ns, ns music, ns, 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 with with the player, license plate player. Mm-hmm. You know, here's the thing about players—they get played, they get played time and time again, and it feels good when you're 25. But when you're 60, you lie in bed at night with regrets and I wish I coulda, shoulda, woulda. And we want more for you. Yeah. I don't want your sleep to be tormented. There's a better way. It's called the God way. Jesus will be with you and he's going to bring you through. Your children need your time and your treasure. Not just your time and not just your treasure. They need both. In the olden days, in those marriage vows, the women used to say, the men would say, with my body, I thee worship, because there was such a problem with adultery. Most men had mistresses. The church was like, man, we have got to do something about this. We've got to have this kind of message in church. So back then they had this kind of message and they said, all right, you guys are going to put as a marriage vow between man and God, with my body, I thee worship. I am totally devoted and committed to you in season and out of season, whether you're nice or whether you're not nice. And maybe there are men here today and you're saying, oh, my wife's mean. Well, you know what? Everyone's wife is a little bit mean. Everyone's wife is a little bit mean every now and then. Around mo- once a month or so or sometimes more. And then when she's about 55, it may be a little bit of a longer season for about a year or so. And you're going to have to love her even when she's unlovable. Your marriage vows are a bridge that will get you over every troubled water. They—they—they they, they weren't just words. Oh, cute, cute. Let's say this, cute. And I'm all for write your own vows, but please include these important things. With my body, I thee worship. Make it a vow. And every time you see that smoking hot babe on the beach with the triple D's in the string bikini, you remember, but I made that vow. Ooh, my wife is the only one that I desire. She's the only one that I will let my gaze fall upon. I love her. I want her. (laughs) And before you know it, even that back fat she has will start to look attractive. It's amazing. When you devote yourself to the right thing, the feelings follow. Ooh, I don't want anybody else. I want her. I love those dimples on her backside. I love that fat roll. I'm, I'm telling the truth now. Like I always do, but I, I need to say it because nobody else is saying it. Too many people come to church and they just want their ears tickled. But it's not gonna change your life. I, I want you to have the best life. I really do. I care about you. So back in the days, men... There used to be a marriage vow that women would say, to love, honour and obey. But recently, many modern women have dropped the obey part of those vows, simply because it's really hard to obey someone who is not obedient themselves, who is not obedient to the Lord. As a pastor, it's really hard for me to tell a woman to be in submission to a man who has no mission. So at some point, you're going to have to take some responsibility and stop blaming the fact that your wife's mean and start to take your authority back. And some of you are married to mean women because they've had to become mean to make the world turn. And it's time for things to be different. And it's time for you to go home and just apologise. And you might be thinking, well, that's right, my wife's mean. I'm going to go take my power back and I'm going to lay down the law. No, that is not the way. She will scratch your eyes out, Okay, She will beat you to death. You can't do it that way. You know how you do it? You come home and you apologise. Honey, I am sorry for not standing and leading as the head of this household like I should have. I apologise to you. I have made you carry a burden that is not yours to carry. I repent, will you forgive me? And she, you never know how it's going to happen. And then, and then you're going to try to take authority back and start to lead. And there'll, there'll be a season where she'll be like, oh, hell no. She'll be trying to grab those pants back and run away with them, like, Give me my trousers. But eventually, over time, the fruit of your life will speak to the change in your behaviour. And she'll be like, wow, I trust my husband. He's not going to be like Jack and the Beanstalk with magic beans and go out with the, the salary and come back with, with, with magic beans. I can actually trust him with the family finances. I can trust him. That honour will be restored over time. But many men, you're, you're wanting honour, but you haven't been behaving honourably. Wow. It's time for that to shift. Yeah, yeah. Amen, the end. Yeah. Amen, yeah. Amen. Yeah. amen. I wrote this last night for you guys. Yeah. For you guys. Honourable men, men who honour women. I wanna talk to maybe some of the more religious husbands out there. Those legalistic husbands who crush their wives and lead with an iron fist and don't use the word of God to wash their wives like Peter tells us in the Bible but rather to whip their wives. Woman submit, woman submit. If you've got a woman with any sense of dignity, she will kick you in the shins (laughs) and just go, oh no, you did not. Because I know I would. Like, what that woman submit? What do you think you're going to get from that besides a slapped face? Yeah. And actually, I hope you get that instead of a shut down doormat who doesn't know how to think or have an opinion. I'd rather be a face slapper than a doormat. Someone who doesn't know. Wh- when I see a woman who is shut down, I immediately think, why isn't her husband loving her, right? Because the Bible says that husbands are to love their wives doesn't say, husband, stay married to your wife. That's not the solution. Of course, we want you to stay married, but staying married is the symptom of loving your wife, loving a right. And so Peter says, love your wives, wash them with the water of the word. How beautiful. We're not meant to use the word, or husbands, you're not meant to use the word to whip your wives into submission, but to wash them, wash away their fears. Wash away their anxieties. Wash away their insecurities. Wash away everything about them that keeps them inhibited, and shackled and bound. And speak life over them from the Word of the Lord and bring them into complete freedom. Ah, oh, man, we can we can get behind a husband like that, a marriage like that. I'm telling you, when you live your life in this way, you won't need to give people a connect card. They'll be following you to church like the Pied Piper of Hamlin. I love that. Uh, the Proverbs 31 man, because there's a great man alongside every awesome woman like the Proverbs 31 woman is, that the Proverbs 31 man created a culture of honour in his home. So the Bible says that the Proverbs 31 woman, her children rose and called her blessed, her husband also, and he praised her. Many daughters have done well, but you, honey, you excel them all. Now, this is interesting to me because it's not a natural occurrence for kids to rise and, and bless their mother. Like, it, it, it isn't natural. That tells me that there was an intention on the part of the husband to create a culture, put his hand on the thermostat of the home, and create, create a culture of, of honor, the honor of women, the honor of mother. Yeah. So, if you're here today and you're letting your kids sass mouth and talk back to your mom, that's a no no. I mean, I reckon we need to get a little bit old school again in our parenting. I, if I had have talked back to my mother or in any way said anything, I didn't have to do that. Where would I do that? I would have been slapped from here to kingdom come. I would not be standing here today because I'd be six foot under pushing up daisies, just saying. Maybe we need to get a little bit of that back again. And can I also say, daddies, in order to create a culture of honour in your home, do not leave the heavy lifting of discipline to your wife. You know what I found? A lot of husbands, oh, I'll just leave that to the woman because they want to be the fun dad. Now I'll take them to Boomers. I'll take them to Chuck E. Cheese. I'll take them to Dave and Buster's and get them ice cream. You you be the one to dish out the wooden spoon. No, come on, come on. Raise your kids right. Have a culture of honour where they know Daddy is not just loving, protecting, providing, but he knows how to bring the heat when the heat is necessary. Many women... Buried under the weight that they carry because they have to be all things to all men, literally. Because husbands, some husbands have stepped away from their place of responsibility and so they've lost their authority. And then again, they wonder why their wife is mean. She's mean because she's burdened. It's time for that to be fixed. All right, what do I want to tell you next? Let's see. Exodus 20 verse 12 says, Honour your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Isn't this interesting? Men, when you don't teach your children to honour their mother and father, when you don't set that thermostat in your home, that, that culture of honour toward mum and dad, you're literally cutting your children's life short. Now I found that some Men don't want to discipline their children correctly because they have come from an abusive background. They're like, my daddy used to beat me, so I'm, not, I'm never going to lay, lay a hand on my kids. Now, it's good for you to make the vow that you will never operate in anger or beat your children. That is a wonderful, good, godly thing. However, the solution is not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. The Bible tells us we are to discipline our children while there is still time. It goes on to say do not be a willing party to their death. It also says in the book of Proverbs, those who do not discipline their children hate them. They hate their kids. And I can guarantee there is no person in this room that hates their children. But when you aren't stepping into your place of responsibility in the home, you lose your authority and your children end up living lives that are far beneath what God intended because you've been asleep at the wheel. It's time for things to be different than they've been. So the solution is not to model the abuse of your past, but rather grab a hold of the Word of God And say, you know what? I'm going to do things rightly. The Bible tells us we are to discipline our children carefully. Not in rage. Not in anger. But carefully. A little paddle on the backside never hurt anybody. Bottoms are made for spanking. And if your kids are mucking up half the time... Mummy's so exhausted with the million things that she's doing, she, she may be not even noticing. It's your time to step in as the parent and not indulge their weaknesses, but rather instruct them, bring in a level of instruction. When I was in Hawaii recently, I noticed a, a young boy who was probably about two or three years of age. And he, man, he was like a tyrant. He was like a little devil. <laughs> and he was screaming. And his mummy, was, his mummy was handing him goldfish and he was grabbing the goldfish and throwing them back in her face and screaming at the top of his lungs. And she's like, oh, honey, are you not hungry, honey? Are you tired, honey? And in the background was the husband and you could just tell he was resenting this entire situation, but he did not say a word, did not intervene. Daddy, in those moments, you grab that little baby, cute as they may be, and you pull them into a private place, a restroom, and you say to that little baby, don't you ever, ever speak that way to mummy again. Otherwise I will smack your bottom hard till it hurts. It's time for men to rise up and take their place of responsibility and regain their authority and honour the women in their lives and honour their children after them and create a legacy that restores what the enemy has sought to divide. Amen. Amen. All right, it's time for the girls. Wow. Oh geez, you guys got a lot. I'm sorry, I really spent too much time on you men. You must have needed it. Ephesians chapter 5, says this. The wife, give me, a, give me a yell if you're a wife. Give me a holler. There you go. Must see to it that she respects and delights in her husband. And she notices him. Oh, have you noticed how much men like to be noticed? You know what? And their egos are God given. So that's why all this man crush Monday stuff is, is nonsense. The only man crush should be the one that God's given you. So when that hot guy comes on the television, it's not your cue to say, oh, wow, I wish you had a body like that. Guess what? He thinks he does. And the fact that you think he doesn't is egregious to his soul. She notices him and prefers him. Can I talk to you about the preferring of your husband? Some of you have made idols out of your kids. We gotta bring honor back into the family. I found that there is a spate, even in California with all the hippie, vegan, nut eating mothers that Pinterest all day and only let their children play with wooden toys. Like you, the Bible says, what God has brought together, let no man separate. And I'm finding that there are a whole lot of toddlers separating marriages. And at bedtime, at nighttime, Instead of your bedroom being a sacred place where you and your husband get intimate time together, that bed is full of toddlers. Because you're breastfeeding way longer than is appropriate. That baby is two. And yes, people are talking about you behind your back. And it's a dishonour to the one that the Lord has given you when you esteem and elevate a child above their parent. And what it does is it puts a wedge. Children are a wonderful addition to the family, but they are not the centre of it. And right now we're in a spate and we're in a season where children have been elevated as gods in their family, particularly by their mothers. It's enough now. And so the intimacy in your home, ladies, has been diminished and the fire has burned out because instead of creating that room to be a sacred place and sacred time between you and your husband, your bed is full of toddlers and diapers and pacifiers and baby burps and baby sneezes and all kinds of stuff. It's, it's time to, to take back your relationship with your husband and honour him again and prefer him. Yes, even over your own children. It's healthy. Do you know what your kids need? A mummy who loves their daddy. They really need that. It's delightful to them. They might go, ew, growth, you kiffed in public. But inside they're like, oh, my mummy loves my daddy. Nothing's more beautiful than to see two parents in love, love loving one another for a child. It is, makes them feel so secure. And, and nothing is more damaging when there is a silent war going on in a home and they can feel the resentment. And I'm telling you, they don't wanna be the centre of it. They don't, they, they don't wanna be the reason. Honour your husband, put him, put him first in your relationship. Men want to be respected. Don't have private conversations in public. I wanna put out a a challenge to you ladies. I wanna put out a challenge that you not just praise Him in private, but you praise Him in public. When was the last time you said in front of people, I am so proud of my husband? He's such a great provider. I'm so proud of him. And maybe you say today, well, my husband isn't a great provider. Well, find something he is good at, find something praiseworthy and point it out. Because I find that courage will come when you put courage in. Praiseworthy actions will come when you point out the things that are praiseworthy. And too many of us are pulling down the very thing that God is asking us to build. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, a wise woman builds her house. But a foolish one will tear it down with her hands. Sadly, I was the witness to a conversation once as I have been many times between a husband and a wife and the wife turned to her husband and said, you need to put those chips down. You need to lose weight. Maybe I'd have more sex with you if you weren't so fat. Set it in front of a room full of people. And honestly, if it were a cartoon, it would be like she got a pin and poop, and he just went, Ooh. He just fizzled, totally took the courage out of him when my husband and I were going through a rough patch in our marriage and I I honestly felt, wow, my husband is so needy. Why is my husband so needy? And in in exasperation one day, I said to him, Jürgen, what is it that you want? What do you want? And he just looked at me so vulnerably and said, babe, I want a cheerleader. I want a cheerleader. And I said, it's the short skirts, isn't it? And he said, yes. And also, it's the fact that a cheerleader cheers for you whether you're winning or losing. And I realised, my gosh, what power I had in my hands to either build my house or tear it down again. It's time for women to honour men again. Honour, there is a spate in our world right now of the dishonour of men. You see it on so many TV shows and movies. You turn on the kids' channels. They're trying to indoctrinate our sons and daughters with, with the idea and the narrative that men are bumbling buffoons. And the kids have got all the witty answers and they're standing there head to toe in gap looking like they're about to go work, walk on Wall Street with you know, witty one-liners. And the wife is amazing. She's got an incredible career. She's a lawyer or a doctor or both. And she walks in with her briefcase and she sets everything right and she's efficient and competent. And the dad's in the background, barely to put one foot in front of the other and not able to string a sentence together. <laughs> Where's dad? <laughs> and this is what's happening in our society and we're teaching our kids. Ladies, let's be part of the solution. Let's not take courage out, let's put courage in. Let's not be purveyors of dishonour, let's be purveyors of honour. I esteem you, I honour you, I put strength in you, I call out the greatness on the inside of you. When you're feeling down, when you're feeling low, when you feel like you can't do it, I'm there with my short skirt, yes, and my pom poms going, come on, you've got this. Go team, go. Somebody shout amen. Amen. So what happens when you sow dishonor, ladies, is that you reap it. And we taught them that they don't need to take responsibility for us to enjoy us. Treat me like dirt and I'll still have sex with you says the single woman, because I'm a liberated woman. Good Lord Almighty, why? What a terrible, terrible, terrible thing to do to yourself and to other women. Every time you have sex with someone who hasn't made a commitment to you, you reinforce the dishonouring of women. This is not the way that God intended it every time you sleep with someone who hasn't made a covenant with you, you perpetuate the cycle of objectification. You are not just hurting yourself, you are hurting every woman. Want more for your daughters, want more for the generations after you and want more for yourself. Don't sell yourself short with the lie of feminism that has told you, hey I'm going to get my sexual power back, oh yeah I've been mistreated by men in the past, so now I'm going to mistreat them and mistreat mistreat myself. Terrible, terrible, terrible idea. Never worked in the history of time. It has never worked. But God is wanting to restore honour again. Women, can I talk to you about when your children leave the house? When you have babies and they grow up and they get married and they have families of their own. There is a spate in the world of women who are not able to cut the apron strings. And because of a level of dissatisfaction in their own lives and maybe the struggle with empty nest syndrome, what's happening is they are holding on long past the time that they need to let their children go so they can leave and cleave and start their own family together. My son got married a little over a year ago and it's amazing how easy it is to fall into this trap. and. Many mothers here are like that and you're putting a wedge between the relationship of your son and daughter-in-law or your daughter and your son-in-law or even between your husband and yourself because you can't let them leave and cleave. And you're trying to hold on to something that God is saying, okay, that season's over. They're still your child, but they don't belong to you anymore. They've been joined to someone else. And some of you today are causing irreparable damage, women, in your relationships with your husbands, but then also in the broader family because you won't let your kids leave and cleave. And you are using the devil tools of manipulation to keep them in your life. It's, it's not okay. And it can be a hard thing, I'll admit it. When my son got married, Christmas was coming up and I picked up the phone and I said, oh, Ash, well, we always have Christmas at our house, so, what time should I expect you and Aubrey? And there was silence on the other end of the phone. He's like, oh, mom, um, well, um, actually, we decided that um, we're actually gonna do this for Christmas. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I birthed you, I got stress march because of you, I took you to football, I took you to baseball, and I'm like inwardly freaking out and trying to manipulate my husband to then manipulate my child to have my needs met. Because those apron strings can be hard to cut. And then the Lord spoke to me so clearly. And He said, Leanne, in the war or the race for your son between you and his wife, you're gonna lose every time. But if you don't make the decision today to do things rightly, then things will not go well with you. Do not use that tool of manipulation. I want you to let it go, let it go. He belongs to her, He's always gonna be your baby always going to be your son, but he started his own family now. It's time for us to restore honour into our relationships again. God wants so much for our community, but even more than just the broad scale, let's look at it from the micro. He wants so much for you. And a lot of these things aren't being taught because they trigger us in all the best ways. But you come to a church where we love you enough to delight in the truth and bring you a word that we know is going to change your life. So I want to pray right now for for the men. Men stand to your feet and then I'm going to pray for the ladies. We're almost out of time. I want you to lift your hands, men. And again, I want to say this again because I, I inevitably know so many of us, you know, we, we hear a message like this and we think, wow, wow, we've just fallen so short. And that was not the intent of this message, to rub your face in your errors or your past. The intent of this message is to liberate you and open your eyes to what can be when you partner with God. And again, even in the places you're weak, you will find the Lord's strength ready to meet you. Father, I thank You for these men. We speak life and blessing. Women, would You stretch out Your hands to these men? Father, we thank You that they are mighty champions in the home. We come against every spirit of condemnation today that has tried to rob them. Father, we declare over them today, they are mighty men of valour, full of courage, full of strength. They will lead their families well. They will step into their place of responsibility and take their authority back today. Father, I thank You that the men that stand before me today are men of great honour, honour, great worth and great value. We esteem them highly. Father, bless them today, let them know that everything they need to succeed in this life can be found in You. They don't need to fret or fear or be anxious, but just to surrender themselves completely to You. Lord, You are the Good Shepherd and You will lead them. You will lead them into green pastures. And even men here today who have not had a good role model in Your Father and you're like, wow, I've not got a roadmap. The Lord is gonna show you. Not only that, He's going to bring great men, great role models around you to be a father to you when your own father let you down. The Lord's going to be with you and I just see a bright future for you as you grab a hold of this Word and the Word of the Lord and apply it to your life. Oh, God is going to come through. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Give God a shout of praise, man. We love you and we honour you today. Women, will you stand to your feet? We want to bless these Women today, men, I'd love it if you'd stretch out your hands. You know, I know that there's got to be so many different stories in this room, stories of brokenness in some and abuse and mistreatment and women who have had to stand up and become things that they shouldn't have to become because they've been let down by the men in their world. Father, I thank You today for these incredible women. Father, where there are wounds in their heart because of what wasn't said, or what wasn't done or what wasn't imparted or what was put on their shoulders that wasn't there to carry, Father, that You will come. Father, Your Word says we are to cast our cares upon You for You care for us. Lord God, I thank You right now that You're a a God who restores and redeems every broken heart because of every broken promise. Father, every inadequacy they may feel over things that they did that they our regret. Father I thank you that your great love and your great grace washes it away. Father I thank you for your presence touching each life today. Every woman in this place we declare over you you are women of honour. You are women of honour even those yet to stand on an altar and give yourself to a man. You are a woman of honour and you're going to go into a great marriage and you're going to be a, a woman of honour in your marriage relationship. And we're going to break this cycle that the enemy meant for evil. And we declare today the prophetic word of Malachi spoken. Father, that you would restore the hearts of the parents to their children and you would restore the hearts of the children to their parents. Father, I thank you for a revival. God, that you are re-establishing the state of the marriage union. And Father, we declare today prophetically what God has brought together. No man and no devil will separate in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout amen. Shout amen and say glory to God. Come on. We're going to see a revival in this great land when we grab a hold of the Word of God. There is nothing that the Word of God cannot fix when we apply it to our lives. And the Holy Spirit is with us to empower us to do everything that we feel like we cannot do in our own strength. I'd love it if Pastor Drew would come up. We're going to close today, but I want to say this as we come to a close. If I have triggered anything in you, my intention was not to condemn you, but rather to bring healing to the parts of you that may be a little bit broken and a little bit vulnerable and a little bit bruised. So we're at the end of this service, after Pastor Drew closes, some of the leaders and pastors are gonna come up the front and we're gonna pray and minister to you. God loves you. God loves you so much. And I just know when you surrender to Him, the Bible says when we confess our sins, our faults to one another and pray for one another, we will be healed. This is a house of healing today. This is a house of restoration. And this is a house of redemption. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com.